Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks for tuning into The Deal with Danny Brown. I just want to thank all of you a lot. I've gotten a lot of texts and emails congratulating me about Wall Street Journal top 200 in the country. I really, really appreciate it. And what a great, great week. I got Sarah back from Tokyo today. She's been gone. I got Lee in the house. He's got a hot date tonight. Ray, he made it. And he, and he may be sober. I don't know. Depends if you depends how much time you're with Be Real, Les. Oh, you're good. Okay. Be Real wasn't with you this morning? Okay. This week, we have an unbelievable story. Our guest is Laura Wilson. She's the founder of Natural Pilates, uh, founded in Beverly Hills. Now she has four studios in Beverly Hills, Brentwood, Silver Lake, West Hollywood. But man, this is the American dream. She was born in Romania, a little town called Raduti. Uh, was a competitive archer in archery, won national championships in archery. Uh, left after uh, high school, came to the United States with a prayer and a dream and no money in her pocket. Got a job cleaning houses and cleaning motels, and she was thrilled about it. She was making minimum wage and thought she was banking big cash, stacking chips. She had a great attitude all the way. She kept making money, saving money, eventually saved enough money to move to L.A. and rent an apartment. She got a job at a physical therapist's office where she was introduced to physical therapy and wellness and Pilates early on. Uh, she jumped all over it, got Pilates certified. Soon after, she opened a little studio with very little money, knowing nothing about starting a business, and boom, she hustled her way. It's the American dream. She's got one of the most explosive, successful Pilates studios uh, in the country. I've been there many times. It's an unreal workout. I keep telling you guys. It, it, I wish I did Pilates when I was competing. It would have helped me uh, with my explosiveness, with injuries, et cetera. Anyway, the story is is more incredible than the Pilates, although the Pilates is incredible too. So tune in and thank you again for, for checking us out, for making, leaving comments. And please, it would be huge for us if you can just tell one person to, to subscribe. Uh, our subscription is way up and each week it's building and we want to keep the momentum growing. So thanks, guys. My wife is a huge fan of yours and a Thank huge uh, follower. She spends a lot of time at your business, Natural she, Pilates. She, she definitely can be hired as a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good promoter. Oh, she's definitely she's a, good a good promoter. promoter for well, sure. I really wanted to get you in here and get your story. You have a huge flourishing Pilates business. Now, tell me you're in Beverly Hills, you're in Silver Lake. So you're we in, have a studio else? in Beverly Hills across the Peninsula Hotel. Right. We are in Brentwood on Barrington and Sunset. Okay. Uh, in Silver Lake and uh, in West Hollywood. Like two months ago, we just opened our new location. So Congrats. it's really exciting. Really exciting. And you have a few more in the works that may be coming uh, in soon? In the future, we're thinking of Studio City, Calabasas, uh, Manhattan Beach, uh, New York. So these are the four that are in the next two years. Awesome. Hopefully, yeah. Awesome. So... Give me a little bit of breakdown for people that don't know your business. What is your business? How many people work for you now? When did it start? Kind of give us the beginning, just the basic breakdown of Natural Pilates, where it started and where it is now. Okay, so uh, can should we start actually at the beginning with yeah, the whole I think story, so. so then we get to the business? God, you're smart. Okay. I should have. I, she should be hosting this. You know what? You're right. Let's go way back to the beginning. So this is not just a story about natural Pilates. This is sort of a story about the American dream, and it really exists. And your story will people will soon find out will really exemplify that. But 
Let's go back to the beginning. You grew up in Romania. You were born yeah, so in Romania. I'm, I'm so tell us your story. Okay, so I'm originally from Romania. Um, I moved to America when I was 21. But before I moved to America, um, in, uh, in high school and in elementary school, I was involved in gymnastics. Um, I was involved in dance. But really, the passion was archery. So since I was 11 years old, I did archery till about when I went to college. So that was in like year 2000. Um, and in that time, obviously, I perfected my skill. And uh, I was in a national Romanian team for uh, about four or five years, okay. starting with 1995 to 2000. And uh, I think being uh, in a national team and not only just doing a professional sport really taught me uh, a lot of things about who I am today I'm and sure. how I operate, um, but also the society that I really grew up in. So um, uh, in Romania, when I was younger going to school, uh, we had a communistic regime. Uh, Ceausescu was in power at the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I had the best childhood ever because yeah. when you don't know anything different, That's all you knew. everything is great. So it's really a matter of attitude. It doesn't matter if right. you grew up in a poor country or a rich country or, you know, a country with more opportunities is really uh, about the, the mentality and the, you know, the attitude that you're parents basically have in a house and also yeah. who you are as a person. Were your parents into athletics and how did you get into athletics? Was that common in the town you grew up in where your parents or family? Or so the, the good part about a society, like a communistic socialistic society is the fact that the government pays for a lot of the uh, extra activities from school. Okay. So basically it is mandatory for you to go to school. You can choose like here, you can really homeschool in Romania. There's no homeschool? No, you, ha you can. So you have to basically, it's very rigid. You have to wear uniforms. You need to sit up like this. Whoa, your I wouldn't hands, do so well there. Your hands need to be here. Like it's super disciplinary. It's like the military. Yeah, no, seriously. And, uh, it's not like going to school in Brentwood. No, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, and kids don't really have the ability to tell what they like or what they yeah, don't like you know so this is the way we're doing and that's the only way so basically my way or the highway right uh and um, a little different than the west side uh, educational system definitely but i mean that has a good thing to it in a matter of that you know kids need the discipline oh. and you know it's okay if i mean at like 10 years old really i'm not in a uh, position to take decisions for myself. Yeah. So it was actually really good that I lived in a very peaceful city. What was it um, called? You told Radowitz. me. Radowitz. Radowitz. 40,000 people. 40,000 people. Yeah. So basically, like a lot of people know each other. I mean, almost everybody knows each other. Everybody that goes to school know each other. Parents well, it's a small know each town. other. You basically grow up in the neighbor's house. You play in a street. And so I mean, really cool. I know in America it used to be like this a long time ago. Well, and in some areas like that, not really in the big cities, but some neighborhoods, some areas. Yeah, I mean, like that. definitely that was the best part of my childhood, I could say, because I mean, I used to leave home and I used to give my mom a heart attack because we used to not come home till like 8, 9 p.m. So and that was scary. Yeah, that, that was, that was <laughs> Staying scary. Staying out late, for her, 8 or 9 o'clock. for us because yeah. it wasn't. Honestly, it wasn't so scary like today. We barely had ca cars. We didn't, I never had a car in my life till I got to America. So we walked everywhere. We walked, walked to everywhere. school. I mean, I went to school since first grade by myself. Yeah. 
So you just, it teaches you to be, yeah, it teaches you, you have to, because your parents go to work. So you have to go to school by yourself. You come back by yourself. Uh, you play with your friends by yourself outside till yeah. parents come home. You do your homework by yourself. You know, that's why I don't really understand like a lot of the engagement in the schools with parents volunteering and stuff, because I didn't grow up like that, you know, but I mean, I'm it's sure so it's way because my kids love for me to be at school. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, so one of the extra activities that I used to do after school was archery. Yep. So basically that used to count as credits for my physical education. But okay. don't worry, my coach used to make me do 50 push-ups every day. And um, we when, used to do two trainings a day in a weekend. When you're 11 and, years old? Yeah, yeah, starting from 11 to 20. Yeah, So we used to go... Two um, days. Two days in a weekend and summertime. Mm -hmm. And then in a school day, we used to two hours after school. Right. And it used to be great for us because the government actually paid you if you're really good. They gave you like a little a bit of stipend? money. stipend? Yeah, to kind of like uh, incentivize you for you to go to train. So did you have you, that? Yeah, of course. That was the one of the perks. You wow. Know? So you're and getting then, paid a little bit, but not probably yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, and then I used to get all my sports clothes, like uh, pants. Getting the free and swag, things. the gear. Yeah, because I mean. The Nikes and the Reeboks and the whole oh, thing? Oh, yeah, right, for sure. <laughs> what Just was, like with Romania on it. Romania, you know, like the, the sweatsuits yeah. that say Romania. I mean, it was really, it was really good just because like I couldn't really afford to buy myself clothes. Yeah. Like my first pair of pants, like real pair of pants, like jeans was in seventh grade. Before wow. that, I used to get clothes from my a factory that my mom used to work at. <laughs> right. Like just the, the, the tights, you know, everybody has them. Those are my clothes. And then I do remember that, you know, you only get one pair of shoes. And uh, that was one of the things that when I moved to America, I went to Ross Dress for Less. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm in Disneyland here. Like You're I bought heaven. myself like five pairs of like uh, jeans and I bought myself shoes and I mean everything, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe that people actually here can afford to buy if they want like a pair of jeans, like almost right every week you know that's kind of like totally i only different. got like a pair of jeans every quarter How are we at like the sound ray are we okay uh, it, it's good at when you're on it don't turn okay Try to set, yes. okay um, just making sure don't want to lose any of this <laughs> good content so national team does that yeah. mean like you're competing in the Olympics? Does that mean no, you're competing not, against you know, Romania, other nations? Yeah, like just what? no, like so much more international, like more national. Like there's different clubs Within in the, the country. country. Yeah, like there are like five, six clubs, and then we used to go a lot of competitions in the country, which yeah. was great for me because again, we didn't really afford to travel, so this was a good way to travel and just to kind of when you go with a group of people it's so much fun and you just feel part of something yeah, and you know but definitely my coach was like go to bed at nine and of course we wouldn't comply all the time but you know just like really fun just like camp like a sleepover camp yeah so it was you know? fun you loved yeah, it was it. super fun but then when it was training and when it was competition we had to that's intense yeah i mean you have to focus you know because you want to win when you win you make more money so you know it was definitely a perk to to like really be try to be the best so yeah. um in romania like about uh, that time, I do remember, actually, that was probably before even archery. I was about eight years old. I remember that, you know, we used to wait. My mom used to wake us up at 4 a.m. so we can go stay in line to buy bread and wow. to buy chicken, and which I guess 
maybe now it's too much of everything everywhere, you know, but like we used to only get like a quarter of a bread per person. So everything it's used like to be coated. Yeah, and chicken and gas because we didn't really have gas or even hot water. Like we had hot water two hours every two days a week. Two hours, two days a week. Like Wednesday This and is Saturday. when everyone has to shower. Two basically, days or take a cold shower. Basically, yeah, basically. So later, you know, we, of course, water was introduced. Now uh, we're, we're democracy, so we have everything, you know. But, but not at that time. Yeah, not at that time. So, but, you know, again, when you don't know something else. That's all you knew, so that was normal. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I remember when I was a, a little kid that uh, police cars used to go on the street and say, don't drink the water, water's poisoned. And I'm like, oh, this is so fun, you know? And my mom was like freaking out. And I'm like, I didn't really understand what's going on, you know, at that oh age. Oh, my God. It, it, we grew in a society where you don't really discuss a lot of the things, you know? Everything's private. You don't Everything discuss. Everything is no, private. You open. don't know about your neighbors. You don't really know about, you can't talk anything that happens in your household. Uh, so, you know, you just do small talk all the time. Small talk all Which the time. Which is great, you know? So discipline, uh, sort of a tough life, time management, it, maybe going through it, it didn't seem tough. But now looking back, now that you see the difference of what's going on here. I mean, I definitely I mean, wouldn't change anything. Yeah, well, it I'm sure way. it's gotten gotten you here. I mean, what your, your upbringing yeah, and your I discipline mean, and your mental toughness has put you on a path for for success in business. But So let's continue back to Romania. You're competing now uh, through high school, you're competing? Or yeah. And through college? or No, because uh, by that time, when I left to college, I was in a different city. Okay. So I didn't have the opportunity to practice as much. And um, so to backtrack just a tiny bit, my mom actually had to leave when I was 17. She moved to Italy. She went in an excursion. Moved. And then she stayed in a church without knowing anybody. And she basically got a job in Italy so she can basically send us money so we to can go to, yeah, to support the family and also for wow. us to go to college. Ah, so, so she made the, the trade-off yeah, and the sacrifice. Basically, wow. yeah. So I haven't seen my mom at that point from 17 to really at the, at the when I came to America That's when really I was 21. Tough, obviously, you're 17 years old, you're a teenager, you're going through all that stuff socially and everything else, and your mom's not there. That had to be really challenging. Yeah, now, course. was that common in your city where there was a lot of parents or mothers that did that kind of thing? Yeah, that so at that time was a migration that was happening from Romania in Europe because Romania just got into uh, um, uh, UN by yes. that time. So... Um, Everybody kind of left because you actually know at that time you still needed visa. So later on, when I came to America, I went and visited my mom. Yeah. But there's a lot of Romanians that basically went in Europe to work and send right. the money back home just because you couldn't really survive. And I, I guess everybody wants a better life. So sure. it's what people did. I went to the college. And where did you go to college? I went to college in Cluj-Napoca, Babes Boya. I studied geography. Geography. I really should have gone and studied physical therapy. However, in Romania, physical therapy is not like a big deal, you know, and I didn't really want to be a um, sports teacher at the time because you make no money. Got it. So then There was I no said, future at that moment from what you saw. I mean, honestly, there's no sport. future almost in anything. It's just so wow. I thought about like, what can I do to actually have a lot of fun? Yeah. At that point, um, was a good decision and not so good decision, you know, because... I mean, geography, I, started, I studied uh, urban planning. 
Okay. And it's well, just that's like interesting. it's interesting, but it definitely is not has nothing to do with my passion. Okay. You know, because in col- in high school I studied chemistry biology and I was always interested in human anatomy. Got it. And Sounds I like was a background for a doctor, medicine. Basically. So I definitely should have pursued that, but I'm like, oh, so many years of school. Yeah, like, why do I right. want to do that? It's you a know? lot of school. <laughs> Mostly when you're like 20, So there 20, you are doing 21. geography in Romania in college. Yeah. And is college in Romania college that we know here in the Western United States? I mean, I mean is I, it I, like I, it's social and parties? And oh, yes. So really it is. super fun. Yeah. So it is fun. Yeah, really fun. We used to be in a dorm with like six other girls. And, so it was uh, party time, just like any other college here. Yes, basically. Okay. And I did, it was way too little time for me because I only did two years. And then one, I met, when I used to travel with archery, I met, uh, I made a friend. And this friend of mine went to America with inter-exchange students programs. And at that time, emails were not, uh, very popular yeah. yet. So I used to write, write letters. letters. Yeah. How about so he that? said to me, Oh, you got to apply for this inter exchange student program and come to America. And I'm like, Okay, let's do it. So and that's how. That's what I did. So I applied for inter exchange student programs and. Student exchange program in America. That's how it started. Yeah. So work and travel, you come in for three months and then you work, you travel a month after and then you're supposed to come back. So you, three months you come. To work and then they give you a month to travel the fourth month and then back to Romania that's yes. the program so basically, so you get applied you get accepted I got accepted was about fifteen hundred dollars my mom obviously gave me the money however like she didn't really have any extra money to give me so I uh, when I got to New York I had a hundred dollars hundred dollars in your pocket yeah in and New York it, City. unfortunately I had a job in Long Beach Island New Jersey you had a job <laughs> in New Jersey <laughs> As a housekeeper. in your pocket. What, what year is this? The 90s now? What no, are we that was 2000. I was 21. So that was 2002. So Already I 2002. came June 16, 2002. 2002. June 16, 2002. Yeah. Uh, I remember I landed in New York. I went to the hotel where everybody met and they gave me directions how to get to uh, New Jersey. And I'm like, you I'm spoke just, English at this time or no? not? Not a lot. Very so I was little. just like, I'm like, I dropped my bag somewhere in a hotel and I'm like, I'm going to explore to see what's going on. Yeah. So I just tried to get something to eat. I bought something for three dollars. It was so spicy. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I couldn't understand what anything you, you was. You couldn't read the menu. No, I what couldn't. What was it really... like Indian food or something? <laughs> I, I have no idea. You, know? <laughs> you have no idea what you ate, but it was spicy. <laughs> yeah. And then I went a couple of stores and I remember uh, I saw this really Really cool lead uh, jeans jacket was seventy dollars, and I was like debating. Well, that's seventy percent of your net worth at Basically. that point. <laughs> <laughs> I was really debating: should I buy this jacket oh. or should I not? You know, unfortunately, I did not buy it. I think that's a good fiscal decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly right. And uh, two days later, I uh, I went to Long to Long Beach Island, New Jersey. I took the train. Yeah, and uh, my employer. I remember Seahorse Motel. Seahorse Motel in New Jersey. She waited for me at the uh, at the station, and she took me to her home. And you know, first thing to see like American house, I was like, "Oh my God, this is like amazing!" You know, because in Romania, in Europe, usually the apartments are super small and super dark. Yeah. So come to New Jersey, the houses are huge, big suburban house. And I'm like, I, you know, I could get used to this. I like this, you know. So, so far, you're into it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, my my original idea was, 
I'm never going to stay because I want to go back and finish my college because I used to get scholarship. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to finish my college. In the meantime, I did in Romania facials and I used to do waxings. Got so it. I did cosmetology school. So, so my that's idea, what you did in Romania while yeah, you were going Yeah, my idea was to go back and buy like a little apartment and open like a like a spa. A business, a spa, yeah. At the first floor. Got it. So your thought was, I'm coming to the United States for a couple months, and then I'm going back to start a business and finishing what you started. Yeah, finish. So college. now you're in New Jersey. You get a job at a motel. You said. Yeah, like housekeeper. At housekeeper the, at, at a motel. motel. How big is this motel? How many like, rooms are you talking um, about? Eight upstairs and six downstairs. I like fourteen remember. rooms. Yeah, 14 motel. Rooms. <laughs> is this like what we call a Roach Motel? Or what? <laughs> yeah. It's like a Howard Johnson. What is this Motel Seven? What do we got going on here? So it was a family-owned motel. Which is nice. Uh, uh -huh. Was definitely very clean because I was cleaning it. You and were a I'm good cleaner. OCD. Yeah, yeah you're OCD. <laughs> so you went right to work. Yeah, because in Romania you don't get housekeepers, so you have to do you, you all learned. the cleaning. So my mom used to make me like clean the clean house and to the dot. You know what like I mean? A museum. So I, that was like one of my things that I was really good at. That's hilarious. Um, so you're cleaning rooms now, like mopping, cleaning everything. This yeah. is it. And you said that. The, the motel you had mentioned there was other students from Romania that's who was working at the motel with you yes I came rooms. with two friends from Romania part of the program part of the program we both all three of us Holy. stayed in um, in the same room basically with room. bunk beds yeah uh, <laughs> And um, well, I mean, it was really fun for, for you, me. You it was just like I was in heaven, you know. Like I mean, it Isn't couldn't that be something. It's just uh, your perspective and mindset. So tell us about that. So for you, I'm hearing that I'm going, oh, what a nightmare. But you were saying. That no, was actually a fun fine. experience, and you made the best of it, and you were making money, and there was a pool. Tell me about Yeah, so I first experience in New Jersey, like I'm going to the market, people are in pajamas at the market. And I'm like, why are they wearing pajamas? You know, like, because in Romania, you don't go out of the house without being made up, up, makeup, you know what I mean? You just can't do that. <laughs> and then walk around up and down the streets. Um, I find another place, another motel or business that hires Romanian People, students just like me, yeah. and I went in. I meet everybody because I'm really friendly. I want to. Yeah. I want to know who's there. I want to know where I am. So that's what I always do. I leave my stuff and I kind of go and explore. Yeah, um, you're outgoing, very yeah, social. Yeah, and then you know, I got into to to getting my job done, and uh, my friends arrived a couple of days later after me, and uh, it was a super fun summer. Basically, ocean was across the street. We used to go, I mean, I used to go sleep on the beach. <laughs> and uh, the motel where I used to work had a swimming pool. So I was finishing my work really quick and go sit by the pool. So you were like spring break, summer break, having a blast. Basically. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine? It's all perspective. But, so you're having then, a blast. But then I see all these young kids driving these convertibles. And I'm like... <laughs> I like this. I like this. I'm like, I don't know if I could go back now after seeing this, you know? So I was definitely, you know. See, driving the convertible Jettas and BMWs. Basically. And so Rocco's. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the other employers that my friends were working for, he asked me, so what are you good at? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I can do massages, you know, because I used to do facials and did, stuff. Yeah. So he said, okay, buy a cell phone and buy a massage table. And before that, give me a massage. And I'm like, oh my God, I honestly never gave a massage in my whole life. Oh God, so now so you're he, winging it. Yeah, so 
I give him a back massage. She's like, this was the best massage I ever had. You got to start a business. So basically, I ordered my cell phone massage table. The guy brought all his friends. I used to do one hour massages for $20. Oh, what a deal. A deal for me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm making all this extra cash. Oh, you were... You were rolling was in like money. You amazing, thought- <laughs> amazing, amazing. So, so you were you were making money, hand over fist, thinking this is the best. Exactly. I'm America, exactly. opportunities everywhere. Exactly. I met this guy's rugby players Wait, from Philadelphia, and you didn't like go to school for this. There's no training. You just no said training. line up your buddies and twenty bucks a pop, and basically. Let's- Basically, and so I no just more motel. It. This is now a no, new no, business. No, no, I was this working is, oh, at the you motel. Two jobs. Yes, two jobs. Two jobs, yeah, man. I got two jobs. Time. How many three jobs, man? <laughs> so now you got multiple jobs. So you're just stacking chips. Ba- basically, <laughs> basically saving money. So I met these people. They said, "Oh, I, we love the massages. If you want to move with us in Philadelphia, you could stay in our apartment and give us massages as a trade." I'm like, oh, I don't think I could do that. Next day I called them, hey, is the offer still available? After my job was done, I'm driving with them to Philadelphia, oh my God. living in a beautiful apartment on Front Street. Nice. And um, meeting a whole bunch of people. Yeah. So I did that for a little bit for six months. So you've surpassed your three month stay. Well, right? I actually, meantime, I applied for school in Los Angeles. Uh, so while I was waiting for my uh, papers to be, I, I got accepted, but the school didn't start till later. So that allows you to, to get a student visa or how does yeah, that work? Yes, so I got a student visa. So now you um, can stay longer. So I could stay and go to school. Got so it. that was my plan. I want to experience a little more of this. I'm you having You are ready fun. to go back to <laughs> Romania. So yeah, now so you're in Philadelphia. I'm in Philadelphia. I'm having a good time. I work in a restaurant there for a couple of months. Um, and I was living on 8th and Walnut, which is next to the Liberty Bell. Right in the heart of everything. Yeah, which is, I mean, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after I got my student visa, obviously, I had to come and move to Los Angeles. So that was my my first in touch with Los Angeles. So that, so you after Philadelphia, you're coming to LA to start school. Basically, I remember very vividly, me, I had the teddy bear in the airport in Chicago, because that was my connection. And just kind of like, I had so much happiness and optimism. When I used $3,000 at that point. You saved $3,000? $3,000 That's a lot of cash. Summer. Yeah. I mean, with all those Coming massages. Coming from 100 bucks, and, and now you have three Gs <laughs> in the pocket. <laughs> I mean, so that was definitely an So now you have three Gs, and you're coming to LA. <laughs> Basically, so. And did you have... Uh, did you know what you were into a school? You got accepted? Yeah, so I got accepted in a school. Did you have I got a place my student visa. No, my friends actually they were I was with in New Jersey. They came before I did. So they had a studio they set already. Up shop. Okay. Basically, yeah. So you had a place to stay. I had a place to stay for a couple of weeks. I basically immediately started looking for a job. Um and then I just couldn't live there anymore because there was just too many people in one place. <sighs> And I found this apartment on 8th and uh, Michigan in Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Three-bedroom apartment. So were you going to school at Santa Monica? Uh, no, I was actually going to school downtown. Downtown, But okay. I don't know. I just found this apartment, and I went to the landlord, and I say, I don't have credit, I don't have a job, but I'm going to work hard to pay the bills. That was like $1,500 a month. I wow. don't know who watched over me, but she said, okay. She said, okay. So I got two roommates. 
And, so now uh, it's three people sharing 50, so 500 bucks a month. 500 dollars a month, which is okay. It's okay. good for Santa Monica. That's damn good. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, well, ten years, more than ten years yeah, ago. Yeah. And then I got a job in a restaurant. What restaurant? Uh, was a restaurant on a promenade, the, a Greek restaurant. It closed down like a year ago. Okay. I was actually pretty sad. <laughs> so on the promenade, which is yeah. also a fun social yeah, area. Yeah, fun and social area. And then I'm I thought... I'm seeing a theme here. A lot of fun, a lot of... Well, I was but still 21, you know? Yeah. I was 21. Yeah, yeah, you so were so young. Like, yeah. I definitely didn't have a lot of time to mess around just because, you, you know, time. I had the goal, you know? Um once I started working there, I was like, I need to do something to promote my career to what I'm going to do. I can work in a restaurant for a very right. long time. Not that I didn't love it. It's just... You start thinking ahead. Yeah, ahead what I'm going to do term. with my with my life, you know. And on a promenade used to be the massage school. Mm-hmm. And I already had a little bit of experience of practicing without... Yeah, you were uh, killing being, it in Philadelphia exactly. and uh, New Jersey. So <laughs> basically, that was the cheapest option for me to get a job, uh, to have a job, and uh, to do what I want and be licensed and be all in re- and okay with all the papers, all Got the it. licenses. So I went to massage school for three months. Then I found this uh, little office on, it's still there, on uh Venice Boulevard. It's called Oasis Healing Center. Okay. Uh, it's on, I forgot the cross street. Anyway, so it was a place where we used to have acupuncturists, a couple of massage so like ter- rooms. Healing just like spa, a healing, wellness center kind of thing. Basically. Yeah. So I used to start doing massages there. And also I used to carry my massage table because at that point I didn't really have a, a car. So I used to carry my massage table in the bus. On the bus? On the bus. You're going schlepping to, the big table onto big the bus. Big table on the bus. And then That's I, a sight. I, can, I, mean, I just picture uh, you. It was not fun. That part was not up fun. the steps of the, of the bus, <laughs> getting your money out. The that big part table. was like, I'm getting like, I'm start roughing it now. Like, <laughs> it's not so fun anymore, this. But. Yeah, that's also, back to Romania. That's like gangster style Romania. Yeah, Take yeah. the bus with the table and there we go. Yeah, it was definitely like hard work. Like I used yeah. to work in this chiropractic office also on Venice where, uh, in Venice, where actually was closer to Culver City overland. So basically I had to change three buses to, to get, get there. there. So my first appointment used to be 6 a.m. So I basically had to get up at 4 Whoa. Go there, do a massage for $30 and come back, maybe go back later, do another massage for $30. God, you were and, working hard. That's hustling and grinding at a, at a whole nother yeah. level. That's taking it to another level. Yeah, but you know, for me, you know, it was I never thought about like, oh, this is too much work. Like, no, you I just, just did, did what I had to do. You did what you had to do and, you know, yeah. true hustler, hard worker. I mean, that's, that's what, that's the mentality. Yeah, basically. And um, so you're you got into a chiropractor's office. Is that because now I've, is that where you got your first exposure to sort of more wellness, technical wellness? Because I'm curious now how you made the shift into Pilates from this. Because so I, know I, I mean, I get obviously I had many jobs. So I used to work also on 26 and San Vicente and Brentwood in a physical therapy office. So you worked in physical therapy. Yes, yeah, okay. so I guess that was so really exposure. my ground place because I I was there for three two years. And then they used to do Pilates for rehabilitation there. Got it. So you were introduced to Pilates there. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of like second nature for me just because I was in sports and I never even tried it. And I'm like, I'm getting certified. 
So basically, I went to get, I said, I'm just going to learn the reformer a little bit and see how it goes. And after I learned basically the reformer, I couldn't stop. Like, just I just it. keep learning and keep learning. And um, six months after I finished my Pilates certification, um, my husband, which is was my boyfriend at the time, yeah. uh, I said, you know, I'm looking for new space just because... You know, the massage uh, place where I used to work, where I used to rent a room, used to be in Venice, and then I used to be in um, Brentwood. So it was just it a little convenient. bit too much when you don't even have a car. Yeah. And uh, so. we found the spot, I found the spot uh, in Beverly Hills, which is my current studio. That space? That Across space. Across from the peninsula. Yeah, so basically that was that's, your first space. Yes, but was an office building, really okay. old looking. God, but so it used look. to have this one room that I looked through. I remember I looked through the the mail thing and they had like really nice hardwood floors. But the hallway had carpet and used to be not so modern, like yeah. really old style office so building. It was, it was beat up, but you had a vision. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know if I had a vision at that time. But so basically what happened is that rent was was 700 square feet that room and the rent was like $1,300. My rent at home was five hundred dollars. Yeah. So it's like double the rent and even more. Yeah. But then I thought, you know, if I give up my massage place where I paid like two hundred fifty dollars at so the time, some money, yeah. And I move everything here. I'll buy a couple of reformers because I had a little bit of saved money. Yeah. Uh, then maybe I could start the business. So then I call it Natural Pilates and Body Works because. So wait a minute. Now you're opening a space. Were you already? giving people training sessions in Pilates or you just were certified and where I'm just going to start my business and go from there? Yeah. So basically it's what happened. I saw this space and then I just... Wow. So you weren't, you didn't have a bunch of clients that were coming to you at this point. No. I had a couple of massage clients. So that was good because I had a good start. Them, yeah. So when I started the business, when I started the first day, I remember I had the equipment ordered. Um, I went... I'm friendly, I think. So I went around in Promoting, the neighborhood door and I door. met everybody. In the first day of business, I was actually positive because everybody sent their clients upstairs. Got it. And they so said, you just oh. door knocked and said hello to people. I'm open for business and people started coming. Yeah. So basically in 2005, That's when this 2005. happened, it wasn't like today, the fitness industry where people go on mind body online and yeah. they book their classes. Right. Basically, it was nothing like that, or maybe I didn't even know about it, you know. But, you know, I had a book where I used to make my appointments by hand, mm -hmm. and it used to be all cell phone business. Yeah. And I used to have a little desk where I used to manage my appointments, and that's really the way I started one client at a time. One at a time. It was just you. You're booking, you're scheduling, just you're doing me. the class, you're running the business, you're doing it all. And was it the entire space that you're in, or was it one little room? One little room. So it wasn't the full no, studio it as it is today. No, it was not the full studio, no. So it was one little room, and you, would you, were you able to do group classes, or was it too small, no, one so at a time? No, it was one or two machines, so I could got do it. privates or semi-privates. Okay. And um, I got busy pretty quick myself. Just by word of mouth. Just by word of mouth. And then I hired my second person, which is still with me today. And uh, the next door space got available. 
So I'm like, okay, I'll take it, you know. I became friends with the landlord. Yeah. He was coming for Pilates, he knows right. what I'm doing. And so he was, saw that this was really working. Yeah, like potential. So we didn't really think twice. We got the space next door. So you were fearless. Fearless to start this, the business, fearless to create, uh, expand it. I mean, that's... Because I had nothing to lose. Yeah, I guess When you so. have nothing to lose, it's nothing like... Nothing to be afraid of. There's just... Yeah, it's really fun and... Uh, uh, basically, we took that space next door and we added a couple of more machines. And then as years went by, more space got available. We took more and more space. We remodeled with the money that we made profit. Yeah. And, so you kept uh, reinvesting in the business. Keep reinvesting in a business. And honestly, like that's the only way you could potentially do it because... Today, to open a new studio, you need $300,000. Is that what it would be today? Yeah. So when people are opening these businesses, they're spending 300 to get their doors open. Basically 300000 to get yeah. the doors open. So it's a completely different ball game now. Yeah, and I mean, even then, probably, if I wouldn't have started one client at the time, it would have been different, you right. know? You started organically with the smallest amount of space and small amount of equipment yeah and also i'm involved so i do i did a lot of the stuff you did so i everything. didn't really have to pay anybody you were wearing all the hats doing everything basically so that's 2005 at what point and maybe it sounds like it happened immediately or pretty close at what point were you telling yourself like wow this is a real business and this is this is a real long-term business that i can grow um did that come? Did that start right away in the first year? Did it take a couple of years? And you know, what was? I the, mean, right now I'm like four. This year I'm gonna have 14 years being there. 14 years. That was like a really maturity process for me too, because I'm I was sure. a baby. I was 24 when I yeah. started, and um, you know I didn't really think about it so much. I remember when I started that business, I thought I'll be here a couple of years and then I'll figure it out. What's gonna happen? Got you know. It. I was really caught up into the expansion of it. Every year, a little bit more, more clients and more clients. I think maybe about six years ago, it's when the studios start booming. Like we got really busy, we start doing group classes, maybe even more than six years, maybe eight years ago. Um, we added a second group classroom. So right now in Beverly Hills, we have uh, two rooms where we conduct group classes right. and also five private rooms. Yeah. So from one room, I'm basically from 700 square feet. I'm 3,500 square feet today. Wow. So and when was uh, when did you open your second space? What year was that? So it was 2013. Okay, so it's been now six years since you've had Actually, multiple. Actually, no, 2015. Sorry. 2015. We opened Silver Lake in 2015. So how does that change? you as a business operator and owner, you can't be everywhere all the time. So what has changed as this business has grown? What have you had to do in terms of bringing in people, training people? It's definitely a learning process even at that point because I didn't really know what I'm doing, you know? So we, I got the second space in Silver Lake and luckily I had some core people that I could really trust and I trained them since they were like 19 basically, they, they work with me. Yeah. And uh, they could step in and take over. And uh, we basically experienced with Silver Lake. We didn't really know, you know, how it's going to be or what's going to be. I got loans for equipment and uh, loans for the bank. Nice. And just take the risk, you know, and see see where it's going to really yeah. go. <laughs> you know? So you just went for it again. Fearless, went for it, had faith that something 
good would come of it by working hard and it it worked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I basically live my life by now or never, so I don't want to have any regrets. So if way. an opportunity comes in, I, I'm trying to assess it, obviously. You can think every opportunity comes in, but uh, trying to assess the opportunity and then hopefully take it if it's if it's a good one. So, um, you know, definitely I, I would say the second studio was a learning process. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then two years later, I opened Brentwood Studio, mm-hmm. which is doing really well. And... Um, uh, that again experimenting and because at that point i don't have my brand really really set up properly i'm just kind of like expanding like a small business you know trying to do everything uh the most i do the most i can and then i can't afford to have all the the people that have expertise in coming in and try to package my business. Yeah. So still doing the best I can, social media or right. marketing or um, just anything else, training for the instructors because you know every time I hire instructors, I put a lot of time and effort into training them to make sure that we are all on the same page, we have the same mindset when we train people because a lot of our clients train with different instructors. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure we exchange notes. We need to make sure that, you know, if my client trained with somebody else that I can share a note and the other person can understand what I'm doing with the client. So we stay on the same path of, you know. That makes sense helping clients to achieve right. goals. So there's a drop off if you aren't with your client. It's, uh, the goal is to have it be smooth and someone else can handle it if you're not there. Yes, and there's a level of expectation at this point yeah. that, you know, majority of our clients been with us for luckily like since we opened. Like I I laugh in my classes all the time because we basically grew up together. Right. I have clients that we basically see for 12 years. Wow. 12, 13 years, and they come regularly two, three times a week. So, I mean, imagine how many of your friends you see that often. That's fantastic. You must have some real characters with some of the people that come in there. I mean, Beverly Hills, you must have some real difficult personalities, and I can't imagine some of the egos and nonsense you deal with. Is there any stuff, fun stuff, fun stories that you can share or anything that comes to mind? Uh, Or can you speak to that at all? Like, what's it like? being servicing people that have that kind of entitled it's like the opposite of where you came from the opposite of you of hard work and discipline you have people coming to you with such entitlements and issues and you know we i mean i i don't really think like that you know i every time like let's say somebody's entitled or somebody comes off entitled like it's definitely not us that they're entitled it's something with them or whatever their day was and you know Honestly, like several years ago, I was like, gosh, I wish I'm going to go open a studio in the Valley. Maybe that will be a little bit easier. (laughs) You know, people will be more understanding and stuff. But then as the business progressed, I really understand. I really got to understand customer service and I got to understand how we need to act. And if we we can only be responsible for our part in it and not the way we are being treated. And I honestly really stand up for people to treat my staff nice and us nice. And I always told them like, look, if somebody calls you at the phone and for some reason they're really upset and you can't find the resolution to the conflict, all you need to say is like, I do not appreciate the way you talk to me. You know, I say I have no problem with that. And if the client has a problem with that, they can call me personally because I don't think that nobody should talk to anybody else 
with a specific tone just Agreed. because they do want something. And, you know, I mean, honestly, there's we, we are in Beverly Hills. If something is not perfect, people will mention it. Not necessarily complain. Probably more. Kvetch. Kvetch. Yeah. That's what we call it. <laughs> Maybe more is to kind of help me to kind of say, hey, I don't like yeah. this or I don't like that, which is good because we. Criticism. Yeah, yeah we, we actually thrive on that because I want I want to know what people think and I want people to have a good experience, you know, when they come to the studio and I do the best I can to accommodate if I can. And, uh, you know, that's I think all, it's, it's all attitude. How do we well, deal with this specific situation? That's a very refreshing attitude and a very refreshing perspective. And I can learn from that. But I think we all can. I mean, dealing with high profile and title personalities all day to see where you're coming from and realizing, okay, yeah, a lot of it is them. Let me just control myself. I can only control my the way I act. So let me have empathy yeah. for whoever's acting the way they are. And, I uh, feel like the universe, though, kind of like, I always feel like I have like a positive aura around me and I feel like the universe shredded all this entitled clients. Our clientele actually like honestly 99.9%. I'm having fun going to work every day. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, like everybody's great. I mean, everybody's been there for so long. So so that kind of tells you something. You're attracting positive people to you. Yeah, like it kind of tells you something about that. Definitely in a day of today, like for example, like there's a lot of like, influencers or people like that they come in a studio and they feel like they need to get something for free because mm-hmm. they will you know talk about Promote their it. experience you know but that doesn't always work for me because my time is so important like i really want to give it to somebody that cares and somebody that really needs it you yeah. know so Understood. definitely had a couple of experience where you know it was basically a waste of my time Got to it. Uh, to to put my time in there to give sessions, free sessions, free sessions, and it to, never helped you. To influencers, not that it didn't help me, but it didn't even help them. It's just, yeah, it's just you know, because it was just time. a more thing. It's like this is what I'm doing, da da da, and I'm like, I really want to put my time in helping people. If somebody really needs it, that's why I'm there. Yeah, and not just kind of like, you know, I'll give you free sessions if you promote me. Like I right. want. My my referral business and my clients are really coming based on referral, mm-hmm. 90% and then internet search. Yeah. So really like my clients are the ones referring me business. Right. That's, and those are the base and the core of my, my yeah. business, you know? And honestly, like we can, we have that ability in America to choose and pick who you want to work with. Yes, we do. You know? and We're not in Romania. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. You can't, you're not forced to do something. Yeah. So, I was definitely, I feel grateful majority of the days I go to work. Yeah. From 365 days, 333, I feel really good about Damn, going to work. Damn, those are good odds. I'm actually having, a, I'm having fun because it's repetitive business. Yeah. And I know, I know the clients. And even if I don't know, if I have new clients, I'm really excited to share what we're doing and, you know, help them connect better with their bodies or give them the best experience in Pilates they got so far. That's my goal. Well, you clearly have a very positive energy and very sort of a deep spiritual sort of ethos to who you are as a person, uh, which goes well with Pilates and health and such. And do you have, uh, if you're going to define what your brand is now that you're 
growing and it's not just you in a studio and it is a brand and it's taking on a life of its own. What is the brand represent? What is the eth- the ethos of the brand? It, I, I imagine it reflects a lot of you personally, but have, have you thought about that and what it really means to what separates you from other studio, other, other Pilates companies, other, uh, you know, exercise and wellness type businesses? I definitely thought about a lot more in the past two years versus in the past, because in the past I was just writing, you know, the, the, uh, the, the wave, wave and see where keeping things, up with the business, yeah, growing things the are business. going, but now we are at the point where we need to define who are we yeah. as a brand and as a team and what we what kind of message we send out you know and basically we are i would say i'm a little bit more conservative thinking on like i want people to work hard i it's not just about having fun because people come and spend money and uh, i want them to feel like they get 100 percent every single time and you know natural pilates brand is really the message that we send out is you know, we do want people to get stronger. We do want people to increase flexibility. We do want people to build awareness in their bodies. Um, and we do want people to learn to use all the tools and all the principles that we teach them through Pilates in all the workouts they do, not just in, in Pilates. I want people to, to, I want to send people to do other stuff, not just Pilates, because it's really healthy for their brain development on and the mental health yeah. of doing different things. So I'm not just looking at Pilates just being only Pilates, but it's really health in general. A uh, platform and a foundation to live a healthy, athletic life. Lifestyle, yeah, basically. And, That's... you know, for me, it's very important, the focus. Focus on a client. And uh, I think that's how we are different from other studios in the way we try to improve ourselves. So over time, I never stopped improving. I took a lot of workshops. Uh, I studied MAT. I started RTS, resistance training specialist. Mm -hmm. I did yoga certification. I did gyrotonic certification. I did any course that I thought neuromuscular uh, specialties, cadaver workshops. Basically, yes. So we can, so I can see where do we fit Pilates? in this fitness world, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you don't know anything about anything else, you're just going to say Pilates, this, 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 this. Yeah. I wanted to know everything as much as I could about everything. So then we see where are we standing? So nowadays in the past two, three years, I put together my certification program to certify other certified other trainers or help the current trainers, the new ones that we're hiring Mm -hmm. into learning my, not so much my brand Pilates, but our process, thought process that we have when we look at the body. So it's really more about being hands-on with the client, teaching them how to do it versus just doing it. Because a lot of people exercise, they just do it. They don't really think of how they do it. it Where to connect how to connect, you know, it's the whole experience on, you know, I want to, I'm going to do crunches, but how do you do that crunch? You can have different experience by just doing a crunch. Yeah, so sure. that's what's important to me, like the focus on the specific goal that the client has and really create that specific program that we always talk about, you know, like every 
uh, fitness company says we create a specific program Custom. to meet customers' yeah. needs. But really, at the day, end of the day, I was like, we don't really know what that really means, you know? So unless you have a, a whole bunch of tools like range of motion assessment and, you know, really work with the client one-on-one, do muscle testing, and then that progressing into isolated training, into progress, progressing into integrated training, into potentially uh, plyometrics and, you know, dancing and mm-hmm. whatever else we're doing, you know. So basically, like, for me, I'm trying to teach my clients w- how does Pilates fit in their life. And it's different for everyone. It's different for everyone. Right, everyone's at a different level of fitness and different level of athleticism and strength. And you know. Yeah, I mean, when we have clients that we have prenatal classes, we have... Uh, intermediate advanced classes we have power classes for people that just want to go to the next level right I are have, you getting a lot of uh, professional athletes or competitive athletes college high school that are training uh, pilates because not I, as much i'm hearing a lot of that from people i know that a lot of the professional athletes are looking to pilates as some way to, to prevent injuries newer. and get different kind of uh, different kind of training and from my experience, I've been training since I've been like you, competitive sports since I was five years old and tried everything, weightlifting, running, lifting, boxing, yoga. Pilates really is sort of that one encompassing uh, wellness exercise that really does prevent injuries and create while you're building strength and flexibility. It, it makes a lot of sense. I wish I would have known about Pilates when I was competing because I feel like it's probably that would have been the best balancing of, you know, balancing of my body and realigning the core. It just everything about it is right for athletes, which I think it's right for everybody. And when, yeah. when you're an athlete and have to perform at the highest level and you're looking for all the little advantages and where your body needs to stretch. I feel like Pilates nails it. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, I think it comes from their trainers too. Like, so professional athletes, trainers, they need to broaden their mind into what's out there versus just training in one way. Yeah. You know, so this is my, uh, uh, I love to do that. I love to introduce new things, new things. to people. Like, yeah. mostly like guys, like they, they think, oh, Pilates is for girls. And they think that just because Pilates, Joe Pilates did Pilates in New York and was originally created for dancers. Got it. So a lot of the choreography from Pilates is based on dance moves and also a lot of choreography. And as you know, you being a guy, guys have a little bit of harder time with the choreography moves. Yeah. So what we did different is that we cut the exercises to more simple. We do a little bit more basic movements so everybody can get it because honestly, Pilates got so popular that not a lot of people are dancers. And I don't want clients to get frustrated because they can't follow the choreography. So I cut it down to where people can really understand it, go really basic and really deep into what we're doing. And, you know, we do have a couple of professional athletes, not a lot. I wish for more for people to kind of get in, get to learn it. You know, a lot of moms... You know, Beverly Hills clientele, it's a lot of families. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of, moms of moms are actually bringing their sons yeah. and their husbands well, in. Well, Jessica brought me. I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, it was the hardest, you best workout scared, I've had. You got a little scared, but that's something yeah, else. Yeah. I was scared. I was out mad. I it think it's me. just the Romanian in me that Yeah, the Romanian. You. It was me and all these women that were perfect shape, and I was getting killed in there. And I, I mean, it, it is such a hard workout. Uh, yet, it's not a type of workout where I feel like I'm going to get hurt which is what I like. I can push the limits and touch 
areas of the body that don't I don't touch in the gym and other places, and yet yeah. I'm not putting myself in a position of harm, which is why I feel it's such an important thing for anyone that's into any sort of athletics and, and just in life, just to build strength, which it's just a it's just an incredible it's an incredible type of uh, movement. And, and I know it's, you can't really define Pilates. There's so many different types. and but- uh, Not necessarily. Pilates is still Pilates at the end of the day. And it's just a lot. It's just the way we teach it. It's not so much the movement. It's just how you how do the movement. Yeah. It's everybody runs. It's not about that. It's about how you run. Yeah. You know, it's about the detail of it. So right. I think that's what a lot of people are missing. And that's kind of like my next goal is, is to really bring that awareness within hopefully in the future to develop my, to, to, to expand my studio throughout the whole America. Because I really want people not just to, to do a squat. I want people to do the squat the right way for them. It's so, different for everyone. Yeah, just kind of zoom in a little bit into the body because there's like this guidelines in in, uh, in fitness. They say, oh, don't let the knees go in the front, front of the toes. or blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't work like that for every single person. So we definitely yeah. need to be able to look at the body, you know, right. scan to see what it is, talk to their professionals like physical therapists or whoever they're working with, work all the fitness professionals and health professionals work as a team to improve someone's well-being, basically. Yeah. So what do you see now as the future of natural Pilates? Or do you not think ahead because you're still in the uh, the grind of keeping up with growing the business? But do you basically, have a, a vision of where you see it in the next three to five years? I mean, we're shooting for 10 studios first. And then studios. we'll go from there. Amazing. Um, yeah. I'm really a doer. So yeah, my husband, you're a doer. Is, he sees the, the p- bigger picture and, you know, which is great. But I'm a doer. So I'm kind of going one day at a time. One step at a time. Yeah, staying just, present. Yeah, staying present and definitely looking at the big picture and develop. Uh, growing my certification program because I love to teach trainers. Yeah. I want to start teaching in uh, conventions where I am more in in contact with uh, a lot of fitness professionals. In the West Hollywood locations, we work with several uh, orthopedic doctors, bet, and yeah. we are. I'm hoping that we can create some cadaver workshops Whoa. in connections with mechanics, and I definitely want to yeah. bring that learning aspect to not just Pilates, but uh, body in general, how the body works, the mechanics of the body, and just for everyone to understand a little bit better that on mm-hmm. that. And also like if I get all the trainers to think like that, I feel like we have a good possibility of teaching our clients how to be aware of what they need to do for themselves. Yeah. You know, Because a lot of people say, I say, how many more reps? And they say, well, you tell me you're the trainer. I'm like, no, it's your body. You, you tell me how body. much you can right. handle. Because I'm nobody to tell you what to do or yeah. how, you know, I can guide you through it. But at the end of the day, each person should be their own boss for, for their sure. own body. You have so. to be in touch with your body, know your body, understand where you can push, where you can't. That's what I think is so important. And so much of personal training misses that. Yes. It's so much about, oh, you got to do 10 reps, 20 reps. It's every easy to, to kick somebody's butt, you know. It, yes. It's just what it's hard is to give them just the appropriate challenge. For each person. Yeah. That's true. Well, I know you also have not just a big business. You've got a, a child and married. So how do you balance this all? I always ask people, is, is balance mm-hmm. something that you do well with? And, you know, most people tell me, well, it's hard to balance. So we just do the best we can. But what is your take on that and how you keep it all together? 
It's definitely a challenge to balance. I think that's kind of like not just my struggle, but every individual struggle and, you know, balance everything we do all the time. I basically start my days at 6 a.m. Okay. I wake up at 5. I'm you a work at, at 6. Five. Yeah, work at 6. Um, I finish around 2 or 3 teaching, not doing anything else. Yeah. So you're teaching from 6 to 2 or 3 six classes. 6 to 2 or 3. I teach still full time, believe it or not. And then... I rush to get my kids from school. Right. And then we go to classes. And then when we come back from classes, I have to go. I have two two kids. My Nicholas yeah. is six and Chloe is almost is three and a half. Right. I got to pick up Chloe. Once I pick up Chloe, we're coming home. We're having dinner. And then I get to work a little bit more on uh, just checking the emails or anything else I have to do. Sometimes I have to shoot for social media or content. Sometimes my days become 12 hour days. Sometimes I don't see my kids for 48 hours. Mm. It really depends, but I'm definitely trying to pick them up from school every day and uh, try to be present with them as much as I can. Still working on that, work yeah. in progress. I think cell phone really destroyed the ability of people to be together without thinking of something else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, you know, trying to see how we can innovate, like maybe put a box at the door and everybody put the Drop electronics the I like it. devices like there. That. And, you know, it's just the self-discipline. I have self-discipline in everything else. It seems like cell phone is stuck to my hands somehow. That's, that's a tough one for all of us, for sure. Do you yeah. do any uh, meditation or mindfulness or anything like that? Um, I, I wish I would. I'm in the process of thinking about it. I think will be really helpful for me to do two times a day when I wake up and when I go to bed. So, or even reading, I think reading would really yeah. help before I go to bed versus social media. You know, I think right. social media is We're really a, a stressful animal. thing that and we have to do. How about your own um, workout routines and diet? And obviously you're in great shape. Are you, you're doing all these classes as part of it. Are you, when are you training? So I and train when I get a cancellation. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have a lot of, I have, fortunately, I have a lot of respect for people, professionals that make time two to three times a week to exercise yeah. because I need to make time for myself right. to exercise. And I have a machine at home. So sometimes after my kids go to bed, I exercise. That's it. Uh, regarding diet, um, I have rheumatoid arthritis, which I got after my first baby and it got really bad after my second. So I was really struggling for a year with trying different anti-inflammatory diets. Right, it's painful. Yeah, for so. For an athlete who's moving their body all day, that's Yeah, really but I, I mean, I, it could be nobody else that could happen this to because it really, it's so helpful for me that I know what I'm doing. So yeah. it actually like, it never stopped me from like, oh, I'm in pain, I'm not going to work. Going to work actually made everything so much better. And just moving through and kind of like, it really helped me understand people's pain better, you know, well, people tolerance better and not take anything for granted. So if somebody has a certain experience that I can't understand, I'm not saying like, oh, that can't be. Because sometimes pain, it's hard to describe. It can be burning. It can be like on the surface of the skin. It can be deep. It can be, you know, so it really teach me to ask the right questions, you know, Yeah. for people. I think it's a learning process and I'm still in the process of, exploring different um, different diets, different concepts, different, you know, it's constantly new tweaking thing, and the evolving new thing and learning of what new can can yeah. work for me because what works for me doesn't it's, work for you. Different. So 
It's That's the problem. Yeah. That's true. Well, you are such an incredibly impressive person, and you really sort of Thank represent you. all that's good with entrepreneurs, with the hard work, the hustle, the discipline, the mes- mental toughness. And, it, you know, I think so much about the way you, the stories you're telling about Romania and what that was like. And for you coming here and doing what you've done, and yet it was all so I hear that it was what I'm sensing for you is there was so much joy in the journey. Every step of the way it was never about, oh, this is grueling work. For you, you were having fun at the pool, at the motel, cleaning yeah. the rooms, going to the beach, having fun, giving massages, making my, like everything about it, that attitude, I think is, I wish we could bottle that up and all, I feel all like, learn from that I because feel that's I so still, important. I'm still having fun, you know, because Good. my mom always say you should spend more time at home and I'm like, I'm going to go crazy. Like I need to go to work. I'm every time I'm, I'm at work, I'm relaxed. I'm not on my cell phone. I'm hundred percent present with my clients. You know, I'm cracking jokes. Everybody's having a good time. And that kind of like really empowers me and gives me energy for the day. Yeah. Cause imagine I don't stop till like 9 PM. 5 a, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Nonstop, nonstop, running places, doing things. With this energy and this attitude, and you yeah, just never just, stop. Yeah, I just have to, like, I feel like it's like a generation, like a generator. Like, I, you keep, I kind of... keep pumping the energy. Energy, out. yes, and it's just the way Well, this whole function. crew, we all need natural Pilates, for sure. <laughs> we all need it. So hopefully they'll join, join you. Hopefully I'll get there, and I won't be so scared the second time. But okay. thank you for spending time with us. You're amazing to spend time with. Look forward to seeing you either your studio or out and about with Jessica and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I really Thanks. had fun. Great, Great. time. Man, that was an incredible story. Thank you, Laura Wilson, for sharing that with us. It's so inspirational. You hear that, and it's like truly the American dream is alive, and you just have to have the hustle and grit, and wow, that puts things in perspective. So she's amazing. So if you want to do some Pilates, go to any of her Natural Pilates studios. You can also find her at Natural Pilates uh, on Instagram. She's also all over social media. And you can always find me at Danny Brown LA on Instagram and also our website, DannyBrownLA.com. We appreciate you tuning in. You can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere. We're worldwide. What up? See ya. This life